Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. until you ask it correctly. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus. What's up, Jack? <laughs> I thought you were going to introduce me, but I it's know. just like, uh, oh, I'm changing it up. Maybe Jack will do it himself. I'm changing it up. <laughs> changing it up, man. You got to keep you got to keep the people on their toes. Yeah. You got to keep it fresh. Got to keep it uh got to keep it loose, man. Yeah. That's right. That's true. I mean, so how are yes, you? I am Jack. I am here. I am Jack. I am this co-host of this podcast, Idge. So yes, um, I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I can't complain for right now. Definitely a lot of stuff going on in life. <laughs> oh, there's time. There's time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely going a lot of stuff going on in life. But I mean, I'm not going to chalk that up to a woe is me per se. Yet. Right, right, right. Yeah. You would lose your bro Jack status if you did that. I would, would lose my bro. I think if I'm you, Dad Jack now since I made that last Dad joke. Dad Jack. I make dad jokes now, oh, Josh. <laughs> I'm Dad, dad Jack. Jack now. Oh, I don't know if I like that Jack. I don't want to see that Jack. I look like Dad Jack right now in this outfit. You do. You do, man. You, you look like, I mean, you look like you're about to like tell me you're disappointed in me or something like that. Like, you. You look like you're about to tell me like to take the trash out and mow the lawn and tell me why I'm not uh, why why I need to start paying rent. Josh, yeah, you're disappointing me. Yeah, right dude, don't even. Just, I just, you know what, Dad? Uh, dad, I don't Jack. care about you, man. I'm out of here, bro. You're not bro. even my real dad, Dad Jack. I don't have to obey you. You're not even my real dad. That's like, hey, hey, you know what those means? It's like the psychologist tells me. That Dad Jack doesn't exist, and that yes. is probably me in the picture. He's like freaking out in the next frame. That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. Uh, anyway. Absolutely. Um, well, dude, we said last step that we were going to be talking about. Oh, yeah, talking Winter Soldier for we're going to unpack that, dude. It's good. Spoiler alert, so, people. Yeah, so spoiler alert to anybody who is waiting to binge watch the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier because we're going to talk about it, and it's going to be spoiler full. Yeah. Not spoiler free, spoiler full. Yeah. Um, so I will preface it by saying 
when I first saw the announcement for Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah, I was not excited whatsoever. It was. I was like, nah, I don't I really don't, care about these characters. Here's the, here's the thing. I didn't know where they were going to take it, but man, they turned it up in those episodes. I thought those episodes were a little bit more. Uh, they captivated you a little bit better than Wandavision. That's just my opinion. I think. Yeah, I know. See, and like that's like that's the question going around is like, well, you know, is it better than Wandavision? Like, it's two separate shows, and they're like two separate things. It's hard to compare. I think which you know which which did I enjoy more? Um, I'm gonna have to wait until the episodes are done. Yeah, because I don't know I don't know which one I'm, is gonna come out on top for me. But it's really good. Like they've actually done a great job, which I think a lot of a lot of the movies suffered from is like they made you really care about the characters. There's yeah. some really good character development in all these yeah. in all of them. Like. The winner, what's Winter Soldier's name again? Uh, Bucky. Bucky. Right? Yeah. Bucky. Like James Bucky Barnes. James Bucky Barnes. Like I, I like him. Mm-hmm. I like his character. It's good. And then Sam. Sam's awesome. Um, Isaiah. Is it Isaiah? Isaiah Robertson. Dude, yes. the like old man, black Captain America that like got put in jail. Dude, John Walker. Too. I want more of that. John. Dude, John Walker. Walk. Let's talk about John Walker for a second. Okay, like giant Captain America, right? <laughs> bootleg Captain America. Bootleg, bootleg. Theo <laughs> yeah. bro Captain America. <laughs> okay, hold on. This is a this is a big spoiler warning. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. when he was making his own shield, dude, I was just like, okay, a lot of a lot that's of that's like, you know what that's like? That's like that's like someone who just got kicked out of church right in their own Theo. <laughs> that's what that is. No way, way. That's 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 much. <laughs> That's Mark Driscoll getting kicked out oh and planting God. a church down oh in Arizona. My gosh, no, That's no, what no, that is right there. No, yeah, I just said it. Oh, I said man. it. I said it. It's like you uh, know what? Fine. I I don't get to be Captain America. I'll make my own shield. I'll take I'll, my I'll, shield and go I'm somewhere take my else. Shield. I'm gonna make my own shield and go home. That's what I'm gonna do. Wow. So what a spoiled oh, brat. Um, a lot of you who interact on Twitter may have seen. Uh, to BD and Abwili's uh, bad Marvel takes, quote unquote bad Marvel take. Anyway, he put one up about John Walker, and I said, "There's a phrase for what he's making, and it's called bootleg. <laughs> that is a bootleg Captain American shield. If I ever seen one, Just oh, like, he's like in his man. mom's basement, like, like, all right, I'm gonna get all this scrap metal from my from my dad's <laughs> like my dad's contracting days and get some spray paint at Lowe's. I'm gonna make myself a dude. Here's the like, you know, it's like." One hit from anything, and that shield is splintering. Oh, dude, let's be honest. The the, t- like, the f- uh, unless unless he's got unless he's got a line on like discount vibranium <laughs> on like the dark web, like he found like the dark web vibranium store. Like his shield's done. The Silk Road vibranium. The Silk Road vibranium. <laughs> like, hey man, like he's meeting some guy and he's meeting Nick Fury in an alley. Like, hey. Yeah, I got some of that vibranium. It's good stuff. Like, like opens his, like no, opens he was, his trench he, coat. Okay, the other thing was is that George St. Pierre, for all of you UFC fans, was in. Yes, dude, dude. he's the one who's probably sold him that vibranium. Bat truck, <laughs> bat truck, the leaper, dude. When I when he showed up, I was like, because he was in what you, he was in. Um, he was in. Uh, uh, he was in. 
Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes, he yes, was. At and the then like when Batrock yeah. the Leaper showed up, I was like, <laughs> is that George St. Pierre? Dude, I don't know like, how he weaseled his way into it. Probably if his character's French, it makes sense that he's in that movie. But man, I'm I don't like, know how I'm like, I, it's like, I recognize those ears. Uh-huh. I recognize those ears. Uh-huh. Um, but it's cool because he like does his own stunts and like all that. Just I mean, you can't really ask. You can't ask George St. Pierre to act. I mean, he's just going to be like, all right, just be George St. Pierre and be a bad guy. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Be go. George St. Pierre. Say these lines yeah. and then do some kick flips for us and look really cool. Yeah. And he's I will, good at it. I will say that John Walker's trajectory is somewhat similar to how I would say kind of like we talked about last episode about Rambo was kind of like a thing about Vietnam veterans. Yeah. John Walker is like the Iraq Afghanistan veteran. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tie-ins that I could even relate to when he was saying certain phrases in the in the episodes. Like, you made me. Yeah. You made me. And yep. now you're just throwing me out. Dude, that one hit the heartstrings. That hit hard for dude. me. That, that hit one hard. hit the heartstrings for me. What, right. what got me, and I think it's just kind of more from the counseling angle, is like watching how like how like Sam, like although he's the Falcon, yeah, and like oh he's got like all this suit and this like he's a counselor, dude. He yeah. doesn't stop counseling. Yeah. Like he's like counseling Bucky, like through his PTS. Yeah. Like helping him along. Like that, he like he did the same thing for Cap. Oh yeah. You know? He yeah. did the same thing for Cap yep. in uh uh Winter Soldier. Yep. You know, like like subtly not forceful, yep. but like subtly like bringing him in, you know, forming a relationship and then like pushing on some stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, you know, you know. It, dude, it's great. It, it's it's a great it's a great show. I'm interested on what the finale is going to be. There's definitely going to be a showdown, and I have bets that John Walker is going to last about five seconds until he gets demolished in a fight because he doesn't have Captain America's shield anymore. And well, he's got I that bootleg piece of crap. So so by the time this by the time this episode drops, yeah, the finale will have already happened. Pretty sure, yeah. But like, I don't know how they're going to wrap everything up. We have my one critique of this show. Is that they have so many irons in the fire? I don't know mm. because it's only one season. Like yeah. we're not getting a season two. Like I don't know how they're gonna wrap up all of it in one app yeah. unless it's gonna be like a two-hour app. Like I don't think they can. I think they're saving some stuff for something else. I don't know. Mandalorian used to do those extended episodes on the finales, so it's true. It's true. But you've got like the power broker. You've got uh, what's her name, Carly. Right, the uh, redheaded uh, activist girl, oh. right? Who's who, yeah, 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 who yeah, killed yeah. Walker's yeah. Yeah. Uh, friend? Uh, That's a takeoff of Carl, the, a comic book character right. by the name of Carl, and they turned her to Carly, right? In the right. show, yeah. You've got Walker, you've got Sam's sister and their drama, yeah. You've got Batrock. Like, like, there's so you got, like, uh, um, oh, Karen, oh, yeah, 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 Karen, yeah. Uh, what's her face and her pardon, like whether she's gonna get pardoned or not, right? Yeah, like, there's so many irons in the fire. I don't know how, like, my 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 one critique is that I wasn't I I've, I've been confused about which one I should be in, emotionally invested in because yeah. there's been so many of them. Um, I'm usually just going to focus in on Sam and John Walker and uh, Bucky. But, dude, that scene when it's like looking up at Walker with with the shield with all the blood on it. Dude. And he's just like looking around at people and you're like everything that everyone thought about Captain America just got demolished in five seconds. Oh, yeah. 
when he took that guy's head off. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so hard. It was Such sad. a good show, though. I think. It's a great show. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Loki. I'm looking forward to The Bad Batch. Did Loki? you see the new trailer drop today? Shai, uh, um, oh. Shang-Chi? No, uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. I think Shang-Chi. Yeah. I think That's they're bringing cool. back, uh, what's his name? Ten Rings guy, who was uh, Ben Kingsley in Iron Man 3. Oh. The, the uh, ma- Mandal- uh, uh, The Mandarin. The Mandarin. The there Mandarin? But he was fake. But they're bringing back real Mandarin. The Mandarin. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. all right. Right on. I think they're making in... I think there's actually a real one, and then they were just projecting a fake one yeah, yeah, for yeah. storyline's sake, but... All right. Well, we've we've nerded out enough. Yeah. Let's actually get to our topic. Jack, what are we talking about today? We are talking about, if I'm not mistaken, Josh... You're is not. a church planting for 200, Alex? There we go. That is correct. Daily boo, double. Boo, boo, boo. Daily double. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Hey. He's doing do great. You see, He's hey, doing great. One more rabbit trail before we get into it. Okay. Do you see LeVar Burton no. is getting petitioned to be the next host? Well, I, well, I want sign off on Burton. that. I want, I want, I want reading him. Reading Rainbow. I, yes. I want him either <laughs> as his Star Trek character or reading Rainbow. <laughs> one of the two. Just <laughs> Jeopardy. <laughs> Just Reading Rainbow. Come with me, Come with me, yes, Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, yes. Some PBS vibes here, man. <laughs> all right. All right. Yes, we're talking about church planting. We're talking about, I think this was a listener request. Mm. Um, at what point in the life of a church yep. should they consider planting? Yeah. Right? Um, whether that be, you know, the... The need in the community, or more than often, what's normally the case is the size of the church, right? Yeah. So Jack and I, what we're going to talk about today is kind of just our opinions on what we believe to be the kind of healthiest uh, barometers to use uh, to decide whether or not your church should plant or remain the way that they are, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to let Jack start us off because when I mentioned this topic to him, he was like, oh, I got thoughts on this. Oh, I got yeah. thoughts on this. Yeah. You were eager. You were an I eager. I was pretty eager. Eager so, Jack. I have seen throughout uh, some different books and some different landscapes that uh, some people say, this is some people, say that the moment that a pastor cannot... Say your name within your local church body. You need to plant a new church or replicate. Okay. What if your pastor's really old? <laughs> I mean, what if your pastor? That was based upon old. a Eugene Peterson quote, or, uh, or in his okay. book as well, too. Disregard. So. <laughs> what did you say? Did you, say? you heard me. Well, I did not hear you. Actually, what you said? I said, "Oh, disregard." Oh. <laughs> Come now. Come now, Master Josh. I'm not about the message, man. Okay. I'm not, I'm not about that message. Yeah. I think there's yeah. some applicable lessons that you can learn from him. Yes, I, I get that. But yeah. anyway, so he says once you cannot remember certain people's names and you're not, there isn't kind of a, uh, a semi-relationship, I should say. Familial. Familial yeah. relationship, then that's when you need to replicate. I don't know what your thoughts are. That's just something that I heard. It's a, I, I could guess that's an okay barometer. I wouldn't base that upon everything, but I mean, y- most churches in America, if I'm not mistaken, are about around that 50 to 70 member level. So that makes sense. 
that he would say that because that's within the the culture of the American church. So, well, and 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 let's make the distinction between members and yeah. people that are there on Sunday morning. That's true. Yes. Right? Yep. So, Jack and I are stating our opinions here with the pre requisite, if you will, or the presupposition that you have a biblical membership within your church. Yeah. Um, without that, it gets harder to decide and to know when it's a good time to plant, right? Yeah. So if we're talking about numbers here and we're talking about, um, you know, using kind of numbers as one gauge uh, to use, we're talking about those those committed covenant members. Yeah. Um, people that have made covenant with the church and with the elders and that the elders know, okay, these are the individuals that we are called to lead and shepherd, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no, I think, I think, I think that, that quote, you know, if your pastor can't, you know, doesn't know your name, I think, I think although that's not in and of itself the barometer, I think that that does give the, give credence and I think leads into that, that aspect that if yeah. your church gets so big, uh-huh, that you lose the ability to know each other and to be known in uh, that church. <laughs> yeah. I do personally believe that that's an issue. Sure. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm, I, I probably should state this right off the bat. And this is Josh talking. I'm going to let Jack make his own. Yeah. I am not a fan of mega churches. Yeah. I'm not. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm about the local church and I'm about the local church that is small. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I believe if the local church is going to be effective for its members uh-huh. and that life that comes from that local church is going to be rich and yep. real, yep. I believe that the ability and the effectiveness to do that mm-hmm. is greatly diminished the larger your church is. Yeah. I could understand that, definitely. I I am going to answer Josh's um, preference in a way, so to say, I think that, yeah. Um, I think that mega churches and it depends also too. what do you define as a mega church? That's true. That's true. And that's hard to say sometimes because if you grew up in the sticks like me, like 500 people is massive. Yeah. Right. I I can understand that. So like, you know, a couple thousand, I think is the general to the to the certain general. definition that you give, yeah, my local church right now could be labeled as a mega church in some regards, but it's, I would say, mega churches uh, are going to be over, you know, a thousand I in attendance, and maybe half of that as members, maybe. That's just my, but that's my. We can work with that definition for. uh, That's just uh, my. So like five hundred members, a thousand attendees is kind of going towards more mega churchville per se. So, um, yeah, I definitely. So I don't think that. I think the bigger that you get, the problem that you run into is discipleship, and how do you enact discipleship, and how does discipleship work out amongst the people of your local body? I think that's going to be the toughest thing. I would say most American typical American mega churches don't have a good discipling model. I would say that's and that's just the opinion that I've seen and a lot of and that's been the critiques of a lot of people within the Pacific Northwest too of mega churches are not good because their discipleship models are terrible. And we've seen that over and over and over again. Um 
So yeah, I can totally get down with that critique based upon the fact that discipleship models and the fact of you can just walk in there and get lost. You're not going to establish any relationships. You're just going to be a consumer and that's it. Um, that's another danger, I would say, as well, too. Well, so. and 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 this is what happens when your church gets to that size. And, and, and it, it happens out of necessity because yeah. no matter how big you're, unless you have an elder team of like 50 yeah. or 60, 70 dudes, which I know some churches do, and that's crazy. But what, what ends up happening is that discipleship begins to be delegated. Yeah. Away from the elders and the role that those elders are supposed to play in the church goes from what I believe it should be, and that's a very integrated family, uh, like close relationship with your members, to more of a board of directors Oh yeah, <laughs> that kind of oversee discipleship, but yeah. aren't really involved in a lot of discipleship themselves. Yeah, And when your church gets to the size of 500, 600, 700 people, you physically can't disciple that many people one-on-one yeah, uh, and can't be in community with that many people. So what ends up happening is the way discipleship, mm-hmm. what it turns into is something that's more of a delegate. Well, we, you know, we disciple through small groups. Yeah. We disciple through, you know, community groups, whatever. And, and here's the thing, community groups and small groups, those aren't bad. And those yeah. are actually a very effective way to disciple the church. Yeah. The problem is, when those are the those are the ways that you disciple the church because you physically can't disciple any other way. Yeah. Right? And your yeah. elder team ends up turning into more of over like just overseeing mm-hmm. uh, just kind of as more of a board of directors that just kind of makes the decision and then everything kind of get flows out yeah. versus being actually with the people in the pasture yeah. with the sheep doing the hard work, right? Which is yeah. what elders are supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I would say I've been wrestling a lot with this in the convictions of what Josh just said. I definitely hold those. So I've been wrestling a lot with how do I live that out and how do I not be a hypocrite in living that out as well too. So there might be more episodes in regards to that sure. um, yeah, later yeah. on, but yeah, I would say that, um, you know, hopefully at the least, maybe the deacons who are involved in discipleship as well too, the elders have a relationship with those deacons who are doing maybe discipleship as well too. But there has to be an integrated, the elders are involved within that or else, like Josh said, you get into more of a business model and it's not really loving people or seeking people out to hopefully make sure that they're healthy spiritually, but uh, that they're just kind of, placating to the machine so to say but you know and and some and again like uh, i say this with grace yeah because it's not something that i would say if you're a mega church you're in sin i'm not gonna say that i i i don't believe that i know some churches that are very very large that the pastoral staff loves their congregation very well yeah um but i will say this i personally think that there is an issue when the elders of the church, you know, because of the size of the church, yeah, are not accessible to their people. Mm, yeah, if you have to go through channels, yeah, to meet with one of your elders, um, 
or to have a relationship with one of your elders. And like it and it feels more like you're trying to get in touch with somebody from HR versus <laughs> versus your friend and your mentor and your pastor that is, you know, in your kitchen, in your living room, involved in your life as elders and pastors should be. Yeah. When that's not there, I I am concerned. I yeah. am concerned not not only for the congregation, mm-hmm. because I think they get hit the hardest when yeah. they don't have that active, personal, real discipleship that's there from their elders. I worry for the elders as well because it isolates them. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it, it can, mm-hmm. not necessarily every time, Yeah, but it can put them on kind of this pedestal of... We're the board of directors, we're the elders of the church, we're kind of untouchable, we're kind of on an island. Whether they mean to do that or not, I think it... I think it just happens naturally. The larger your church is, yeah. the less accessible your elders become. Yeah. And that's something that I've seen, I've experienced, and I think that has created and cultivated this belief in in, in me that once that relationship changes to where your elders are not able to just physically lead yeah. and be there and be in relation of relationships and community with their people. Yeah. It's probably time to plant. Mm. It's probably time to see that, you know what? Look, look at this increase that the Lord has given us. Yeah. Let's praise the Lord for that. Yeah. And then let's, let's create a team, create a core team. Yep. And plant a church where, you know, where it's needed. Yep. Right. Yeah. And some of those elders can go there or, or you create those elders within, within your church. Right. Yeah. So that it becomes more manageable. Mm hmm. And the people of God, yeah. your family, can be cared for more effectively. Yeah. Absolutely co-signed to what you just said, Josh. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely a good replication model. I would say as well, too, where are your people... It seems like in the Pacific Northwest, I don't know if this is true in every case, but it seems like within our South Sound region, people will drive to a certain amount or they'll have a proclivity to drive a certain amount like oh it's gonna take me 15 minutes to get to church or i don't care as long as i know that i'm getting fed and that there's a community around me in the city that i'm at so i think it depends too upon that of where are most of your people coming from and is okay if most of our people are coming from there why don't we just plant a church there yeah right that's i mean and in some ways, my local church did that where we replicated in Federal Way. We found out a lot of people were coming to Federal Way. It's like, yeah, we can't be an attractional church. So, yeah, they replicated out in Federal Way because it's like, okay, mo- there's a good conglomerate of people out in Federal Way in that Federal Way, Auburn, kind of Kentish area. It's like, yeah, we need to plant a church there. Well, and that's strategic. so loving to those people yeah. because then they have like their local church is actually local. Yeah. It's a place. It's a place <laughs> where they can be in community with their people. Yeah. In their like in their place, in yeah. their town. Right. Yeah. Like that's like novel like idea, we, huh? A local church in your local town. Yeah. Like we call living. it. We call it people, people, <laughs> listeners. We call it local church for a reason. Yeah. Because it's local to you it's yeah. yours it's it's in your space it's in your town it's where you do business it's where your family is it's where like and and the, your ability to be in community with your church family is easy yeah because it's close yeah right yeah absolutely 
So I, I definitely agree with those models. And if you need to plant a church, then plant a church by all means. Like raise up men who are going to oversee that and and start planting and taking care of that local body who's there in that local city in order that you can best minister to them versus, oh, we're an attractional church and we're a destinational church. Like, I think a lot of people are going away from that because there's really no good discipleship and community that comes out of attractional and destinational churches per se. And I would say that's part of the definition of a mega church. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. I mean, you have to remember what, what you win them with is what you win them to. Yeah. And if you're trying to just get, you know, rear ends and seats. Yeah. And you're shaping your your service and 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 your basically how how you do church around just that premise. Uh-huh. Once they get there, mission successful. Yeah. Don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Right. That's not a good model. Yeah. Like the the goal is not to just get people in the building. It's to create disciples of Jesus Christ, which is a process that never stops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And once your church has lost that and lost that focus, I think there's a problem. Yeah. And we've both been a part of churches where we've seen that happen. Yes. You know, and it's not like nobody wins. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone suffers. Mm-hmm. Even the people that are in power. Yeah. They might think they're winning, but they're yeah. suffering. Yeah. Because of what what's being done to their soul <laughs> as they're yeah. as they're doing this. Right. And it is harder. It's very, it's very difficult. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it is, I believe it is very difficult to effectively disciple and have that mentality in your church when you've got a couple thousand members. Yeah. I think it's really, really hard. Like, I don't, my, my flesh, my natural person wants a place to go where I can disappear. Yeah. And not be known mm. and not be held accountable and yeah. not be in relationship with anybody. Yeah. That's what I naturally want. Yeah. And that's why I think mega churches are so popular with some people is because that's exactly what they can do. You can get lost. You can get lost and in not it, man. have a relationship. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you're dictating the you're dictating the the elements and the relational dynamics between you and God versus God actually impacting how you are relationally connecting with people. Yeah. One hundred percent. Because when when your church is small enough to where you show up on Sunday, people know who you are, and when you don't show up on Sunday, people know. Yeah, that's accountability. Mm, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, right. Like yeah. that. That is. That's why I have always been a fan of of smaller churches mm-hmm. because that's how effective discipleship happens. Is you are known and the people know you. Yeah, and I think right. that's also a big element as far as familial or familiarity as well too. Absolutely, because um, you know if you go to a mega church and just get lost in it, and you're not connecting to anybody. Nobody really knows you. Like, there's nothing to lose, and you're just placating to consumerism at that point. Versus when you're intentionally trying to be familial and you're intentionally trying to seek out um, relationships and that family dynamic, that's um, that changes things. Definitely a big time. It is very difficult to be a lone wolf Christian in a small church. Yeah. It's very easy to be a lone wolf Christian in a mega church. Yeah. Very true. Very easy. Yeah. Very easy. And I just know, and I know that I need that accountability. Yeah. I need that relational quality mm-hmm. that comes with 
your family, your local church knowing who you are. Yeah. Um, and when the church is unable to do that, and it gets to a point where it can't effectively do that, and people start slipping through the cracks, I believe that that's a good barometer to kind of be like, you know what? The Lord's brought this increase. We cannot affect, like, like be honest. And it's, yeah. not, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's not, like, it's not, I think so many people see that and they kind of take it as a, they take it as a slap on the face. You know, it's not a bad thing that no. the Lord has brought all these people to you. Yeah. Just be responsible with them. Yeah, lead don't, well. Don't <laughs> don't hoard them for yourself. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't, don't use these people as a means to, like, increase your platform or increase the, the, the popularity of your church, right? Like, that's not why you're there. Care for the people well and give them a place where they can be known and discipleship can be effective for them. Yeah. Right? Um, like, I think church planting is wonderful. And I think more churches should do it. Yeah. Especially when they get larger. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with what you said, Josh. And it's tough as well, too, because sometimes um, mechanisms are not put into place or maybe pipelines are not put into place in order to raise leaders up. I think, honestly, this is just me saying this, I think that elders should be raised up from a local church and sent out from a local church versus... I will 100% sign off on that. Absolutely. Oh, we're just going to get this guy in here from here and here and here. And it's like, man, I have a really hard time with that because like... If the guy that you raise up who's going to be an elder at a, at a local church that you send out, there's going to be way more relational dynamic. There's going to be way more of understanding of what's going on in people's lives versus trying to hire a guy from out of state. He's just not going to understand the people. He may have good intentions by sure. all means, and he's probably there to try and uh, have that kind of shepherding spirit about him, but... How does, you know, Joe and Susie know this guy from Adam, to be quite honest, you know? So the the shepherds need to know the sheep. Yeah. And the sheep need to know the shepherd. Yeah. In order for them to trust the shepherd. Yeah. Because trust is a process and trust takes time. Yeah. And it is difficult to effectively lead your people when you don't know them. Yeah. Uh, it's not impossible. Yeah. It can be done. Like sometimes out of necessity, you need to bring somebody in from the outside. Like I understand those situations pop up. I get it. Um, but it's going to be hard for that pastor and hard for those people. And I think he's going to have a unique struggle than someone who has been raised up through the ranks of the church that knows the people, that knows the culture of the church, that knows where it lacks and where it thrives. Yeah. Um, they're going to be a much quit. You know, they're going to be a much uh, much more effective leader right out of the gate yeah. than the w- person who has to come in and, you know, a couple years trying to figure out, you know, what this church is like, you know? So yeah. um, when you church plant, if you if it's done the way that, you know, I, I think it should be done, like you're doing it out of your church mm-hmm. and the people there already know the people that are coming with them, yeah. right? And it's a natural it's a natural extension. It's 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 like your kid going off. You know, it's like we've raised you for this. You have all the tools. We're going to support you. We're going to be here for you. But now it's time for you to do your own thing. Yeah. Right. Um, and if it's done right, it is so beautiful and so wonderful. Yeah. And so healthy for the body. Yeah. Um, so. 
those are our thoughts. Um, you want to put a bow on that? I, th- I think we could put a bow on that. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think we've I think we've exhausted that. A but, wrapping uh, paper bow, people. Wrapping paper. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not a. It's not a, uh, a bow and arrow. Of, what kind of other kind of bow? It's oh. A rainbow per se. A rainbow. We're gonna put a rainbow <laughs> on that. We're we're very progressive a on this no, podcast. A, a noahic rainbow, maybe. Noahic. <laughs> noahic rainbow. Look at us. Look at us. Support that noahic covenant, baby. You know it. You know it. Especially out here in Seattle, man. Dude, people Ooh-wee. people in Seattle are all about the Noahic Covenant. It's insane. <laughs> Secular Noahic Covenant. I drive Josh. through I drive through Seattle. Noahic Covenant. Noahic Covenant. <laughs> Pride in the Noahic Covenant. I dude, it's so they are so like Old Testament in Seattle, man. Like it's crazy. Oh, they're old te- old testament, all right. Oh, 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 <laughs> Couple towns that got torched. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, some, some Gomorrah going on here. All I say is, when you drive through Seattle, don't look back because you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you'll you'll uh, turn into a pillar you of might, Epsom foot salt. Yeah, Epsom foot salt. <laughs> Coarse smelling salt yes, or whatever. You, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's exactly right. Well, uh, we hope this episode's been encouraging to you. Um, we hope that it has uh, hopefully given you some clarity on. When perhaps the church should be uh, should be planted, and and maybe uh, spur on some more conversations. If you got any questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, hit us up on all the socials. Um, yeah. Jack, tell tell them tell them where they can find us. You can lovely people. You can find us because on because we are accessible on these. Yes, we, we are, are accessible. accessible. Uh, you can find us on these things called the sociables, uh, the Instagram, if you will, the tw- the the Bluebird website or the the Tweaker. Mm-hmm. The Twitter. A lot of those in Seattle too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the Instagram, <laughs> which is the Zuck, the Zucks, uh, the Zuck site. I don't know if you want to call that. Uh, all at Reformatory Pod is our tag that's name. That's and it. Josh, you can tell these beautiful, lovely people how they can support us, maybe monetarily. Well, if you want to support us in. Making the Noahic Covenant great again. <laughs> okay, easy there, you Donnie. Can, you can. <laughs> we take pride in the Noahic Covenant. Uh, you can support us on Patreon for as little as five dollars a month. You too can have can support us and have your name hallowed, hallowed, hallowed through the halls of this podcast. We like reviews, five star reviews. Please give us five star reviews. And leave us a little note on how you found the podcast, maybe what you appreciate about it, maybe something that you'd like us to cover. You can do that on, I believe, I know iTunes, yep. I know Apple Podcasts, I don't know about Google, I don't know about Amazon, I'm pretty sure you can leave likes and reviews, but if you're on Apple Podcasts, I know for sure, if you just scroll down, you're listening to this right now, just scroll all the way down, you'll see a little thing that says write a review. Give us five stars, give us a review, we really appreciate it. We've only got 39 of them right now. Yeah. I know there's more lists, we have more than 39 listeners, I see the numbers. I've seen it. I've seen it myself. I've seen it. We appreciate every single one of you listeners, and we thank you all so much for listening. And we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. (laughs) 